Good afternoon, and welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Do you want to help make the world a better place but don't know where to start? Join us as we explore the possibilities on today's show with inspiring guests, uplifting music, and new ideas. So let's get started. Here are your hosts, Laurieann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead. Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Laurieann Rising. And I'm your host, Uncle Mark Olmstead. Now, can you imagine walking away from everything and everyone you know with just a few hundred dollars in your pocket so that you can pursue your dream in a foreign country? We're talking with a woman today who did exactly that. And I am looking forward to connecting with a fellow kindred spirit because that is exactly what I actually did back in my 20s. I had the opportunity. Well, I, I, I had the desire. I had to see Australia. I had to get out of the United States after already being in Germany for, what was it, three and a half years at the time and, you know, being in the Air Force over there. And, but I just, I had to see Australia. And before I settled anywhere in the States, I, I knew I wanted to go. And someone I'd heard somewhere along the way had actually worked a freight ship, those container ships that, you know, mm-hmm. took them from one country to another and they bounced around the world that way. I guess it used to be a really big thing. And so I thought, oh, what the heck? I'll give it a shot and uh, called the company, wound up with a, a ride lined up and worked my way down to, I had all kinds of experiences. Yeah. With, with, uh, with the, but just only wound up with bringing my backpack and guitar. And, and you were gone and, for a couple of years. And it wound up being gone a couple of years. So this yeah. is like, I, I'm just so stoked about having the, the experience of, or, uh, someone else leaving home in their 20s. This is going to be wonderful. I'm looking forward to, to hearing more about, yeah. about the, the journeys of Echo. Yeah, but it, for her, it wasn't just a couple of years. It was a much bigger exactly. journey. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking exactly. forward to it. And in fact, she is here with us today. Echo Wong is a woman who left China at just 20 years old with nothing but $800 and the hope of achieving the American dream. Today, she's the founder and president of Echo Wealth Management, earning multiple designations such as CFP, CPA, CFA, and she manages over a hundred million in assets. See, she did way better on the, the the earnings factor. I I did about ten dollars an hour, you know, busking on the streets. So, well, you know, you it know was, it's slightly different you know, finances. Slightly different. Yeah, there was yeah. there was definitely a difference there. Well, <laughs> Echo helps the country's top executive on. Executives and entrepreneurs take the complexity out of their finances, giving them the confidence to follow their dreams and achieve their goals. She is a rare find in the finance world, as she is what like what she likes to call a triple minority: an Asian, a woman, and an immigrant. Hmm. Being a single mom, she wrote her Amazon best-selling book, "Own Your Future," to not only show her daughter where she came from, but to lead and inspire other young women to own their futures. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Echo. Welcome. I'm super excited Hi. you're here. Oh, awesome. Hey, I'm very excited to be on the show, Lorian and Mark. And um, yeah, let's get conversation started. <laughs> yeah, well, first, I'm really curious, like, what prompted you to leave China and, and start off with pretty much nothing in a, in a foreign country? It's a big Yeah, stop. I think... I think first I want to let you know my story, how I was growing up in China. Uh, My parents were high school teachers. They met in college. Uh, They were assigned to two separate 
rural villages to teach by the government. And even though they were married, uh, we and then had three children. I am the oldest child in the family. And they lived separately until I was eight years old. Finally, we were, they were able to move to a bigger town. So I was born in a rural village without running water and uh, wow. unreliable electricity, I would say. Until I was eight years old, we moved to a bigger town with electricity and running water. And uh, when I was 12 years old, my parents moved to a city called Shenzhen that is on the border of Hong Kong. Shenzhen was a fishing village at that time uh, with 50,000 uh, people. And Deng Xiaoping, the former leader uh, in China, decided to choose Shenzhen as the first special economic zone in China to test uh, capitalism <laughs> within wow. the socialist society uh, by creating special tax incentives to attract foreign investments. So in a way, my mom was able to change my life by you know, getting a job to teach in Shenzhen when Shenzhen was booming. Uh, now, Shenzhen ha is one of the richest cities in China. It's called the Silicon Valley in China. And the population is somewhere like 17 million to 20 million people. And if you Google Shenzhen, you will see the images very similar to Hong Kong, very modern and very rich. So just imagine when I was there uh, from age 12 to 20, I had a very unusual exposure to Western world and while experiencing. Yes, I thing, was able to watch You saw it happen right in front TV. of your face. Yeah, you watched oh, the whole thing happen. So what was the population of Shenzhen when you, when you lived there? Just by comparison? Uh, when I was in middle school, 100,000 100, was the population uh, in 1982 or 83. Oh, But if you wow, Google wow. it today, people may tell you. Because just imagine they were building something that is so grand. Uh, from 1980 to now, right? But when I was there, I was able to watch Hong Kong TV using the antenna on the balcony. So I was able to learn about what's happening in the US and outside by watching Hong Kong TV. On the other hand, I switched the channel and watched Chinese TV. It would obviously be different. So I felt like I had a unique opportunity to grow up in a place with enormous changes and I had very uh, very big dreams about someday maybe I could travel outside of China at that time we were very poor I would say you know teachers don't get paid much anyway even in China and so we were I was really looking for an opportunity someday to travel overseas and I did not go to a traditional educational path because I was very concerned about my parents' ability to pay for college for three daughters within four years. And so I skipped the senior high school and went to school of business and economics and I got my diploma, three-year diploma in accounting when I was 17. So I was able to land a great job with the Bank of China. And I was making more money than my parents as teachers when I was 17. Oh. So I was, wow. Yeah, so I was living independently when I was 17, um, working for the Bank of China for three years. And 
um, I decided to prepare someday when opportunity came, I would be ready. So I was taking English classes at night mm. and I was saving money someday. Maybe I need the money to travel overseas. Mm -hmm. And one day the opportunity came. My uncle was a uh, scholar in chemistry working for the University of Idaho in a little town called Moscow, Idaho. Oh, wow. wow. And, where yeah, my, yeah. And where my sister-in-law's from. He called yeah. me, okay, he called <laughs> yeah, me up one day close. and said, oh, I can probably, I, I know you want to pursue your education overseas and maybe I can help you in the short term. So I, I saw that as my opportunity. So I quit my great job and studied uh, English for the English exam and then passed it within like three and a half months. And I was lucky enough to find two sponsors overseas to sign the affidavit. Uh, and then I was able to be accepted by two universities in the US and I decided to go to University of Idaho where my uncle was for the first year. So just imagine my, you know, that's the background story because at that time China was not very rich, unlike today. Today there are a lot of rich people coming here mm -hmm. to study, but I did not have money. And you know, my mom gave me all her lifetime savings and after buying an airfare ticket, I only had $800 left and um, so I was uh, excited to start the journey. Um, and then a year later, I uh, decided to transfer to uh, Minnesota because I found a scholarship for foreign students in Minnesota. So that, that's how I ended up now uh, living in a uh, uh, suburb of Minneapolis here uh, in Minnesota. Wow, so that would be tremendous culture shock, I would imagine. I mean, could you, yeah. what was that part like to adjust I, a little bit? <clears throat> coming to you know, <laughs> oh, Well, to Idaho and Minnesota, well, and yeah. I mean, yeah, just in general, yeah. to any. Yeah, I think the biggest, even though I was watching TV and, you know, American movies growing up, but um, I think I was still shocked when I landed my, you know, when I, arrived in a small town, college town, Moscow, Idaho, because it was like in the middle of nowhere, you know, surrounded by potato fields. Mm -hmm. And I actually came from a big, big city, Shenzhen, you know, when I left, it was like very advanced by that time. So it was culture shock in terms of, you know, how, how few, like very few stores, right? In a mm -hmm. small town. Yeah. And also I think um, just, the cultural uh, differences. And uh, so I had to really overcome, uh, I would say the language barrier the first year, it was shocking for me to go into a macroeconomic class in a big auditorium. And I couldn't really take good notes. And I, you know, everybody was laughing or, you know, obviously the professor was funny, but I couldn't take notes. And so every night I had to read the entire chapter using the dictionary uh, mm. before going to the class in order to understand macroeconomics. And uh, so I would say the first year, the hardest thing, it was financial and also language barrier. I think the second year after transferring to Minnesota, I have uh, adjusted much better. I would say, um, Certainly, you know, I tried very hard to mm. practice English and uh, had uh, roommates, uh, even though we were able to speak Chinese, but we try our best to, you know, learn English. 
Oh wow. man, and what a just so the kinds of obstacles. Did you ever just feel like, oh, this is just not going to work? This is just this is too much. I mean, how could anybody do this? Or or what? Did, what was your no. attitude behind what kept you going? I I have to tell you guys, the second week when I arrived to Moscow, I started my first job washing dishes in the cafeteria. At University of Idaho for minimum wage, that's four dollar twenty-five cents per hour, and that was something. When I told my family, my mom was in tears because, in comparison, I didn't have to wash dishes at all in China compared to a job at the Bank of China.、Mm -hmm. But、uh, I think at that time I knew、um, it was a great opportunity for me compared to many people who couldn't get the student visa. Many people were rejected at the U.S. embassy, and I was very, very few lucky ones、mm. to receive full-time student visa to come here to go to undergrad study. You know, undergrad is not、mm. common at all, and I didn't have a scholarship at that moment. And this is nineteen finance, nineteen ninety-two. Ninety-two, okay. January nineteen ninety-two, and finance. A lot of Americans want to study finance, so I wasn't、mm -hmm. studying something that's rare. So I, I, you know, I reminded myself when it, the, the time was tough and、uh, tried to find a way out.、Um, I would say the lessons I've learned is just don't give up. I mean, it was,、um, you know, of course I was worried financially when I、mm -hmm. saw several hundred dollars in the bank and where am I gonna find the money to pay next semester's tuition?、Mm. And I worked through the summers. I worked multiple jobs on,、uh, jobs on campus during school year. The maximum hours I could work legally was 20 hours per week, so it was impossible without the scholarship to support myself. And so I borrowed some money from my uncle、uh, in Idaho, and you know, so that helped. And、mm -hmm. so it was it was tough at the beginning,、wow. but I I I definitely adjusted. Wow. Well, would you say that? I mean, those kinds of challenges would I think be common for just about. Anybody coming from a you know a, a foreign country to study here as a young student, are there anything that would you would say might be unique because you're a woman and a minority in terms of dealing with whether it's the culture or finances in particular, or、mm -hmm. you know what what's that experience? I definitely want to mention about my the unique portion of my journey was.、Um, Not only getting a job that is challenging for a foreign student,、uh, many、uh, people probably don't know. I only had one year to find a job after graduation.、Uh, otherwise, I would have to go back to my home country. It was one year period called practical training to find an employer that is willing to sponsor you for the full time work visa called. H1B visa, and you may have heard of it today. Nowadays, it's very difficult to get H1B visa. So that is part of the journey. I actually changed my major from finance to accounting because one of my、mm. professors told me that if you can pass CPA exam, 
you are guaranteed to have a job practically. And that is probably still true because if you're a CPA, you are not going to be unemployed regardless of the economy situation, right? So I, I pivot. I would say I changed my major because I know how difficult it is to find a job for a foreigner. And so I started my journey uh, as an accountant. And, and then I worked for KPMG, Pete Mawick, one of the largest CPA firms in the world in downtown Minneapolis. So my career starting out as a tax CPA in downtown Minneapolis, helping executives and wealthy families as they are senior tax specialists. So I help them with financial planning, tax planning, and prepare their tax returns as well for three tax seasons. Mm. That was kind of unique, I think. And then when I decided that I enjoy financial planning a lot more than preparing tax return. In two, <laughs> yeah, in 2000, I think I made the most pivotal, pivotal uh, decision in my life is to become a financial advisor when the stock market was at all time high. It just started to decline. Uh, if you remember, that was the dot com boom and bust. And I it was very challenging to leave a secure occupation as a tax CPA for a major firm to be a financial advisor, especially when I had no wealthy family network. And I was so young. I was uh, 29 and probably looking like 22. (laughs) And uh, so it was not an easy thing for me to Mm -hmm. make that change and Mm -hmm had to survive as a minority in financial services industry. And you, even today, well, let's see, in 2000, I passed a certified financial planner exam, the CFP exam. At that time, only 23% of CFP professionals were women. Today, the ratio is still the same, 20 years later. And of course, it's very challenging for Hmm. women to make it in this industry. I think there are many reasons. And as a foreign foreigner and immigrant, I think I had to learn things very quickly and work smarter and harder than most people. And to be so just... much better than all the men, right? in, in terms <laughs> out, probably. Pretty much. In, well, that, that's what I think when you said my un- experience, why it's unique is because I just haven't seen that many women, especially Asian women, uh, being a financial advisor. Many people study accounting and finance, but they normally work in corporate finance or assistance to you know, uh, investment manager, but they normally don't take on a role uh, like relationship manager in personal wealth management. So, so for me, I think um, I had to overcome as well, you know, corporate uh, glass ceiling. Right. I worked for very large companies before Uh, I started on my own in 2003. So I started my own business in 2003 with LPL and when I was 32. And that, I had to take out home equity line of credit to get it going just to be sure I would make it, you know, within like two or three years. Wow. So are you, I mean, this last year in particular, I'm sure as a financial planner and you're probably seeing some of the impact that COVID and, and just the unique challenges of this year for, for some of your, your clients and just in general in the markets. So what specifically are you seeing people dealing with this year mm-hmm. that stands out? 
Yeah, I think um, of course the public in general are dealing with you know job uncertainties, and certainly the stock markets have uh, been very volatile and miraculously recovered. And so people, I think uh, my clients, many of my clients are uh, between 45 and 60 in terms of age, and most of them are. Uh, successful financial, you know, professionals. So in general, I think they are better prepared for this kind of downturn compared to a general population. But certainly, um, I think we go back to the principle of helping people with personal financial planning is you need to have a plan before market crash. Mm-hmm. I think people need to remember, regardless what kind of plan you have created for yourself, if you have no plan at all, that's when people get panicked and they make wrong decisions because they're not anticipating this kind of thing could happen. So I think uh, for some people uh, who are not prepared, this is very difficult to recover. They, if they feel that uh, the market has uh, crashed and they are not understanding the risk they, their portfolio you know, they don't understand their own risk profile or their portfolio's risk level, then they can be shocked, right? What we don't want is surprises for people. So I think for my particular clients, most clients, what we have done is going through the financial planning process right from the beginning of the relationship to make sure they have adequate emergency fund, always at least six months of living expenses that's safe and secure so you are not worried about selling stock and losses to pay your utility bills and is keeping something in a bank considered safe and secure these days yes uh emergency fund good example would be something checking and savings account because they have fdic insurance that you know you don't earn much return but they don't go down in value Okay. So in my mind is a combination of online savings account. They pay higher interest. So to help client look at, you know, the regular paying bills is to checking, but they always need to have some savings that makes uh, earns more interest than checking. So that would be all, many situations online savings account where they, it's very secure. So that's one thing I want to make sure everyone's situation is different, right? Mm-hmm. So I need to mm-hmm. help them properly design that. And then the other comprehensive financial plan I personally think is really important is has to be a comprehensive cash flow based financial plan that would address your short term, intermediate term and long term goals. For example, you, you know, Long-term goal could be retirement, right? Mm-hmm. And intermediate term could be paying for kids' college, right? But mm-hmm. then you may have a short-term goal, so buy a car or home or something. So what, what I believe is having a financial plan done properly to address what are you doing in terms of savings and investing for those goals. And they need to be very specific so you understand if the market goes down 40%, that your, your world doesn't end because you have yeah. planned for it and you don't need that money right now to pay bills. So let, mm-hmm. let it ride for the long-term investment. And then for um, another thing I have encountered in terms of clients is um, actually I I'm, understand. I, I'm going to interrupt you there. Okay. We definitely sure. want to hear more. Uh-huh. And as a, as uh-huh. somebody who has 
been through as much as you have, faced so many challenges, you know how to plan and overcome, obviously, just through personal experience. But we do have to take a quick commercial break. So um, I definitely want to come back to this. First, though, uh, I do want to let our listeners know that this is a perfect time to just check in on your phone or computer and find us on your favorite social media channel. Just look for us at Rise and Shine as One, that's the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even LinkedIn. There are direct links on the Contact Us page as well of our website at riseandshineasone.com. We definitely look forward to connecting with you. And this is awesome. I'm, I'm really appreciating the conversation and uh, looking forward to getting back with, with our guests today. But one of the best things that I recall about my traveling was being introduced to the Adventures of the True Sunbeam, the story that, uh, that actually won the International Award for children's books uh, a couple of years ago. And one of my companion songs that I wrote for this is called On the Road of Mind to Shine. So stay tuned to hear for that. We're going to be playing that when we come back from the break right after this. In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? To learn more about Uncle Mark's Best Indie Book Award-winning kids book, his music, and resources to support families, visit truesunbeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at truesunbeam.com. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Lorianne Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit LorianneRising.com. On this road of mine to shine, on this road of mine to shine, destination peace of mind. On this road of mine to shine, on this road of mine to shine, what kind of magic could I find? I'm on this road of mine to shine, on this road of mine to shine, for a harmonizing, synergizing time. Should we decide what song to sing? Together now, for just a while, I'd like to try to share a smile and find some kind of magic. Our togetherness might bring my dear way to more aligned. We'll be the brightest we can shine. Cause that's the time when synergy is found. So if you wanna shine along, join in and help us sing this song. You've heard your part, it's coming back around. Destination peace of mind. I'm on this road of mind to shine. I'm on this road of mind to shine. What kind? 
best let synergy come show us how to shine we're on this road of ours to shine we're on this road of ours to shine destination peace of mind we're on this road of ours to shine we're on this road of ours to shine what kind of magic could we find we're on this road of ours to shine we're on this road of ours to shine we're harmonizing synergizing time You're listening to Rise and Shine, and that was one of Uncle Mark's originals, On This Road of Mine to Shine. And it's actually not on a CD anywhere, but you can download it. It is available exclusively for our fan club members. So all you got to do to get that is visit riseandshine.com and click on fan club for access. That was riseandshineas1.com. Yes, thank you. Uh-huh. Yes, then fan club. That- yeah. So anyway, that's, okay. that's all right. <laughs> I'm here. And, and we are here with Echo Wong talking about financial rebuilding for women and minorities in her new book. I actually we're talking about for everybody these days. I mean, this is this is stuff that's absolutely appropriate for for anyone. And uh, along with her new book, Own Your Future. And uh, Echo, you were just talking about uh, the kinds of things that you've done in relation to this COVID pandemic and what women and, and the rest of us can be paying attention to. Yes, exactly. I, you know, I do want to mention that the ideas and the principles and tips that I laid out today and also in my book are applicable to all people. And um, women and minorities have suffered more during this kind of pandemic and, you know, economic downturn. We obviously have seen in many data, right? All kinds of studies. Mm -hmm. So women earn less than men, and that is still the case. And women spend more years outside the workforce to take care of children or elderly parents. And women live longer than men. (laughs) And so all kinds of unique challenges women have to face. Uh, 
Yeah. One example is even products are more expensive for the same、mm. shampoo or something. Women、wow. just pay more for the products. So it's so, so I, what you're you know, doing I, is so critical for women to get, especially. And, and I, I'm, I keep thinking this is appropriate for everybody, but you're right. I mean, this is really something that that we, women we have, have to pay extra. Take care of ourselves. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, you're not going to be around、so. forever. I got to figure out how to take care right, of you when you're gone. Right, I mean,、exactly. that's that's the reality. <laughs> that's the reality. You know? Based on my experience, even very highly educated, intelligent women do not pay enough attention to their own personal wealth because a lot of women are caretakers all the time for other people, and. It, traditionally, men are like making most of the investment decisions, and of course, I do not believe men are better investors than women. But many women tend to delegate or just rely on their spouse or partner to take care of the investment decision. And my advice is, well, number one, women really need to be engaged in this process much early on. Based on my experience, don't wait until you. Divorced or become a widow, because that is the time you feel so powerless when you do not have the basic knowledge of financial planning and investing. So my advice to women in general is, don't rely on your Mr. Right or Prince to arrive to start your own personal financial planning. And、uh, going back to you know what. Are really important right now for me to obviously the example I help clients would be applicable to many people is if you have never started a financial plan that is comprehensive the way I say comprehensive plan that addresses budgeting so you must have a budget okay if you have no budget well that's something to get started cash flow when I say cash flow you need to understand cash flow short term. Year by year, going forward, minimum you need to see a, some kind of projection for at least five years. Okay, our software tool project year by year to age ninety five, so we can see what kind of money coming from where to help clients understand their personal financial decisions. Retirement planning is important in this plan. How much do you save in your four hundred one k, or is Roth IRA better than traditional IRA? You know when can you actually make work optional? So I call、mm. that financial independence day in the chapter of my book because is, for some people is it yeah financial it, independence day. Is there a、uh, a tool you mentioned an online or a, a, a planning tool that that、uh, that can help with this that you would recommend or is it just a specific thing that you use for clients that yeah. You're- In my book, I I illustrated the tool I use as a professional、um, Echo Dashboard, and there is a video for people to watch what that looks like. But in the marketplace, for in general, there are other tools. If you're not working with me or you know advisor who uses this tool, any、But、that you'd、important. recommend that any that you'd recommend that you're familiar with that you could just you know send people to that might might be looking for an example of something like that. Yeah, that's why I think、um, definitely visit uh, my uh, my personal website ownyourfuture.guru. So ownyourfuture is the title of the book.、Uh-huh. Guru is G U R U. I want to be a financial guru to many people, even though I'm not、nice. their personal financial advisor. So definitely、oh. check on that and read about the book where. 
you can watch a video as well. And then cool. um, asset allocation in this plan means how do you design your investments to be to have the appropriate risk level so that you're not too conservative or too aggressive. So mm -hmm. that has to be in your plan. Just knowing mm -hmm. your time frame, uh, when you need the money, and also your personal risk profile. Not everybody is risk taker. So the investment mm -hmm. plan needs to be custom designed to that individual so that person will stick with this investment strategy during bad market times, right? So mm -hmm. such as, you know, 30% drop in the market, that person needs to know what is the game plan if the stock has dramatic downturn. And then insurance review in this plan is important. Financial planning requires protecting what you own. I'm talking about life insurance needs to mm -hmm. be reviewed, especially for major income earner in the family. Long-term disability insurance is so often overlooked because people don't think about that. If you become disabled even for three years, well, yeah. do you actually have anything to help you carry through the three years because you are not dead? You actually mm -hmm. have more expenses just trying to get back to normal, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that, that reminds me of, you know, all the stuff I went through when my mom had a brain aneurysm at 49. That was obviously yes. not a planned event. And she wound up disabled for the rest of her life. The only yes. reason she was covered is because the corporation she was working for had those things on her behalf, but she had mm -hmm. not made the plan. So I was so grateful her corporation took care of her. But there's, you work with entrepreneurs and, and executives who may or may not have done that for themselves. So that's really important. Now, isn't Lorianne, this that's exactly right. I have so many examples yeah. for that because I want to mention that in this. And I say, when we talk about planning, I really want people to think about, it's just not picking a few stocks and you're done. It's, it's the insurance review, long-term disability insurance. And for some people, it's long-term care insurance. And we know there's one chapter in my book just about long-term care insurance and how it works and what people should look for. And then estate planning, during pandemic, have you reviewed your current estate plan? Like, do you have a trust, will, healthcare directives, or financial power of attorney? Those are really basic legal documents. So I want people, if they have no estate plan, it's time to do get one. If you have one, it's a perfect time to review. So estate planning and then tax planning. We will keep paying taxes, even maybe more taxes if you have good income. So I just want people to kind of understand from uh, a personal financial planner point of view, what are the areas of personal financial planning? Through the book, I want to educate and inspire more individuals to start financial planning now before they are rich, because people tend to think, oh, I don't have money, I don't, well, if I had $800 only come in here with a student visa, <laughs> I think a lot of people probably had, are in better situation than I was. And planning along the way, even simple steps every day, just learning about budgeting and actually doing it and reading about some financial books or mm -hmm. blocks, like I have a block, can help you, them, you know, you get into much knowledge as well. Do you, excuse me, do you get into much details about the uh, different ways of taking care of health insurance? Because I, I just heard had an example of, of a couple that I'm um, friends with who are paying 
it's it's something like you know fourteen hundred dollars a month or something like this for uh for a fifteen thousand dollar deductible policy i mean it, it just seems absolutely ludicrous the the costs of of health care and others do you have uh, or do you address those costs in your in your material in your book or do you have any recommendations of where people should be focusing yeah. In the book, I, I don't have a specific chapter about health insurance, but my general uh, recommendation is this. You do need to work with a health insurance agent who can help you shop around and also understand your medical history because there are differences in uh, insurance plans for certain people, myself included, as you know, I have been paying my, as a self-employed person, health insurance, and I have decided to take on some risk to be healthier and choose high deductible health insurance plan that is like $6,500 annual deductible mm -hmm. I, by, to reduce the monthly premium. In addition, with the high deductible plan, I am able to contribute to my health savings account. Health savings account is the best thing ever in my mind because you can deduct your health insurance on your tax return. And when it comes out to pay for medical expenses, it's totally tax-free. So there is no such a thing that would give you upfront tax deduction and tax-free distribution. So I maximized in the past decade so that I build up the health savings account balance. It's very much like tax-free mm -hmm. investment account for my future medical expenses during retirement. So I was, my, my suggestion is certainly our country's healthcare system is very broken. And I certainly hope that we will change for the better. But in the meantime, everybody needs to invest in their own health, mm -hmm. try their best to stay healthy. That's, that's one of that's the big one for me. It's like, man, stay back out I, of hospitals. It feels like it's, yeah, it's a good way to start. I, and so, so are you saying that kind of an average of a of, of a monthly seven hundred or so uh, per month is a fairly average? Well, it depends a lot on age, age and yeah, family. Your age, yes, too many yeah. factors it, to throw yeah. out numbers. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. why I that's why I say it varies based on the age and the person and where they live. That's why in your own local area, mm -hmm. you should be working with a local health insurance agent who mm -hmm. has access yep. to all kinds of insurance plans. Because for people who are low income, they can they can get government subsidies by going on the healthcare exchange. You know, okay. for people who are high income and relatively healthy. I would say high deductible plan is more appropriate because tax deduction means a lot more for people who have high income, right? So that's why I think it's important for people to, well, first exercise every Stay single healthy. day and eat Stay healthy. healthy. Just that, actually, in my book, I actually have a one chapter mentioned about what women need to do in addition to obviously save early and invest wisely. The other thing is to invest in your health very early on because we often take care of other people. So what I have decided to do to make sure my, I am healthy, I have the energy and I feel good about myself so that I can actually take care of other people. So I exercise every single day, I will make sure I don't take sugar, I eat low carb diet. 
so that I can live to age 85 without Alzheimer's disease. That's my goal. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a good goal wow. these days. That seems that's, to be more prevalent yeah. all the time. And yeah, very, yeah. And, and, and sugar is obviously one of the, I don't think talked about enough uh, subjects. Maybe we could, you know. That, that's a whole different we could, show. We could have a whole other hour a whole different show, yeah. That. Well, I'm, I'm really curious though. I mean, you have such an interesting and unique background mm. and I bet it informs every decision or every recommendation that you have for people. And I'm curious, I mean, this year has come as a surprise pretty much for everyone. I mean, we can plan for the worst, sure, mm -hmm. but there's nothing like yeah. this year in, in anybody's memory. And so for those who have been caught off guard or even if they had a plan mm -hmm. this was way more extreme than they were ready for what are yeah. some steps they can start doing to rebuild and move forward from here yeah that's a great question and i would like those people to start thinking about remember i mentioned about the financial plan if they haven't started a plan they probably should either do it themselves or find somebody to help them to get that plan in place another thing i want people to remember is investing successful investing experience requires patience and discipline so what I have seen people losing a lot of money during market downturn is that they have trouble overcoming their own behavioral biases. Let me give you some example. So for some people, if based on fear, they may just want, they probably sold a majority of their portfolio when it was down in March because they say, I can't lose more than 40% or 30% but then they park the money on the side feeling that I'm much feeling much better and safer right now. And I want the market to feel safer before I go back in. Unfortunately, that is very big mistake for many investors that would destroy their portfolio. I want to share one piece of data before I tell people what else they need to do. The, the time in the market is more important than timing of the market. So let, let me give you one example from most recent JP Morgan uh, Sky to Retirement presentation shows that as of August 9, 2020, uh, seven of the best 10 days occurred within two weeks of the 10 worst days. So if you think about the mm. stock market, remember it went up and down. And the best days of 2015, that was August 26, was only two days after the worst day, that's August 24th in 2015. So since, um, if you think about the timing, since January 3rd, 2000 to August 9, 2020. So that's over 20 years a period, right? Mm -hmm. If you fully invest in the S&P 500 index, that is about 500 large US companies, as example, the annualized return is 6.12% if you stay fully invested. If you miss the 10 best trading days, the return is only 2.18% per year. You only need to miss 10 of the best days wow. over more than 20 years 
to wow. drop your rate of return to 2.818%. If you missed 60 best days, the return is negative 7.67%. Wow. Wow. So I just, I want to use this most recent data to tell people, even as an investment professional with over 20 years experience, Mm. We have to follow very prudent investment strategies and you cannot be overconfident or too fearful and make emotional decisions that would completely destroy your return during this kind of volatile market. So my advice mm. to people, how do you deal with that is when you have a plan for emergency fund, you have money to pay your bills. And if you have a plan, invest more conservatively, it could include short-term bonds or government bonds for the money you do need to pay within the five years, just in case stock market doesn't recover, you still have some money to pay for that. That is growing more than your savings account, right? But then for anything more than five years and 10 years down the road, well, even if you are 55 years old, you may not need majority of a portfolio until you are retired into 80s, when you live to 80 or 90s. Mm -hmm. So certainly people need to think about long-term perspective when it comes to long-term investment goals and not to think that, well, I just know when to go in and when to come mm. out because if you, you are wrong. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. You my guide spoke to me. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, that's not. Uh, <laughs> may not be the op optimal. So it sounds like just if you're gonna get in, stay in and ride it out is really. And um, I, my suggestion is this: each person's situation is different, right? So that's why if if mm -hmm. investors are not comfortable doing it on their own. Work with a professional who's able to show you hypothetical scenario. If you have 90% in stock market, what would a market crash look like? How much loss in terms of dollars in your portfolio you are able to tolerate and not give up your strategy? That's an important question to ask yourself. If you had $1 million portfolio, 40% loss, we have seen that during a market crash, 40 to 50% is during mm -hmm. financial crisis, right? So if you have 90% to 100% in stock market, well, you should expect that happening at 40 or 50% loss. Are you able to stay in? And the question is, if you are not comfortable with that kind of risk, well, suggest something different, right? You could have 60% mm -hmm. in stock market and 40% in bonds and and be able to look at that and say, review it and adjust. You can always rebalance. Right. Market right. crash is buying wow. opportunity well, because when it's down 34% for people who have savings, like in 401k, right. they're maximizing their savings to 19,500 this year. I would say that's a buying opportunity when yeah, it's down 34%. That's, time to, so yeah. that's, that's a discount. discount. Wow, yeah. well this has this been- discount? This yeah. has been an amazing conversation okay. and Absolutely. definitely worth looking more into and learning more about, but we are getting near the end of our show today. And so I want to make sure that listeners have a way of following up with you. What's the best way for that? Is that your uh, ownyourfuture.guru or is there another website or how, how best do, do listeners find you? I would love to have your listeners visit uh, ownyourfuture.guru 
where they can connect with me on all social media. I am most active on LinkedIn, but certainly you can connect me with, you know, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For people who are interested in my firm services, you can go and visit my company website, echowealthmanagement.com. So it's just my company name, echowealthmanagement.com, where they can watch that video about Echo Dashboard, like two-minute video, and understand what kind of tool we use to help people plan. Okay, cool. And uh, certainly, it certainly pick up my book on Amazon. If you uh, read uh, ebook, uh, I think it's $10 to okay. download and read my ebook version. Wonderful. And certainly I think from there, they can learn a lot more about specific cases, how I help clients in all these areas of financial planning. Well, wow. this is wonderful. Well, thank and you I'll, so much for being yeah. here. We really, yeah. really appreciate it. And I'll make sure those links are on our website as well for listeners mm -hmm. too. So um, thank you. Yeah. Echo. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Very much. Hey, it has been a great conversation and thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Really, well, thank, thank you for being, you here, for being here. Fellow so. travelers. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we go, we do want to remind listeners uh, that Uncle Mark and I are on a mission to help create a world that works for everyone and to uplift voices that aren't typically heard. So if you or someone you know is an author, musician, innovator, or someone with a unique story that opens hearts and minds, please let us know. There are many ways in which we are helping change makers reach our worldwide audience. So just visit riseandshineasone.com to learn more. And if you're enjoying the show and would like to get even more out of it, here's how. Come connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for Rise and Shine as One. That's the number one. Just think number one. Or uh, visit our website at riseandshineasone.com and use the links on the Contact Us page. While you're at the website, click on Fan Club, make a small investment in a very bright future, like, you know, consider buying us a cup of coffee or something. Not only we will we, use, uh, we, we could use the caffeine, the caffeine, caffeine is yeah, always a good thing, great. right, right, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But not only do we appreciate your uh, support, but we'll provide, it'll provide you with this awesome opportunity to contribute and, uh, well, and enjoy all the premium like a download of that song that they heard right, earlier exactly as exactly. well as there's some exclusive videos and behind the scenes it's, it's awesome it's it's a great place yeah so when you do those two things you're helping us continue to provide quality content reach even more people and of course keep the show going so thank you again for being with us today both to echo and to our listeners and remember until next week Wherever you are, there's always time for remembering to rise, rise and shine. shine. Take care. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining. It's not all about the joy, it's not